Hello and welcome to another episode of Through the Web. Today we're going to be talking about mostly social media stuff, uh, some stuff to do with uh, TikTok and also a stolen Volkswagen that uh, was denied access by law enforcement. So it's an interesting show. Let's get into it. The Google. <laughs> yes. When was the last time that you got really, really drunk? A good question. Um, it would have been year, many years ago. Not oh, knowing where you were, blackout. No, 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 not, not like that, okay. but just yeah. So you're you're really drunk, isn't like really 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 drunk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you know that feeling when somebody gets drunk, they like their heads start spinning. Uh huh. Yes, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> Imagine having that feeling, but without any drink. Mm. Doesn't sound good. That's what happened to me last week. Okay, so. <laughs> Let's let's go back to the beginning. Essentially, on I think it was last Monday night or something. Um, I was I was very tired and just just tired in general. Like I didn't have a good night's sleep the night before. Um, just long day, uh, usual Monday. Um, and then towards the evening, I was I was feeling sleepy. I was like you know, and there were times where I felt a little like you know dizzy-ish, like maybe one. To five percent dizzy now and then, but I kind of accounted it for that I was sleepy. I didn't have enough sleep last night, mm. so I was just kind of playing it off that oh, okay, you know, I just need to get to bed early. Um, but as kind of the evening progressed, I've, I was kind of having those little quick moments where I would just feel a little bit kind of off balance and be like, oh, you know what, I just really need to sleep. Um, and as I was getting ready for bed, and as soon as I kind of lied down, the world started spinning intensely for like at least 15 to 20 minutes like everything was moving and nothing helped like lying down didn't help and every time i would shift my position it would just get progressively worse for a few minutes and then turns out it's like an inner ear infection um and what it does is essentially it impacts blood flow or signals to your brain so if it impacts one side of your ear it's the brain's thinking it's not getting signals from one side. So it impacts your balance and it feels uh. like it's, you're constantly falling down. So the, the brain can't decide that if you're staying up or not because of that one yeah, yeah. thing on one side of your ear. And um, turns out that it's a very common thing that people, it's far from a cold virus as well that attacks the, the inner ear or middle ear. Yeah, it's something that I didn't know about until it happened to me. And it just turns out it's like this this weird beast of a thing that can happen to anyone essentially. And the funniest thing is I didn't have any cold symptoms at that time. The day later I was like down with, right. with cold and flu. Also. So did they give you any antibiotics or anything or you just- No, it's just, it, it's just cold, cold, just a very simple cold. Right. It'll go away on its own, just take rest. And it did essentially, right. you know, I'm right. back to normal. Um, but yeah, I'm made out of glass is is what I'm trying to say in the last five minutes. Yeah, uh, everyone in the comments count the number of times <laughs> Tasak has introduced the podcast with a, with, with, a, with an illness, with yeah. an ailment, with some sort of uh, injury, which by the way, I also found out that I'm um, carrying a ligament tear on my ankle for the last few months. Actually, I had no idea about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> on, that, on that note, have you heard of PRP? No, was that? It's a... Uh, Platement, like rich platement replacement or something like that. But essentially they extract a vial of your blood and they spin it in a centrifuge to distill the white blood, not white blood cells, but the um, platelets. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and essentially when the platelets leave the body, they get activated and release all of these, I guess, um, 
I'm not sure what they're called, but like, you know, healing properties, repair, like nerve healing agents, all this kind of stuff. And they use it in sports injuries. They inject it back into your body around the affected area. Right. So maybe it's it's worth looking into yeah, it. Yeah, well, look, I'm happy to try anything at this stage because, yeah. um, like I said, every month I have a story like this. And, well, people can count over the last year because this week will be our one-year anniversary of the podcast. So mm-hmm. I don't know which button to press here, but we'll just... Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> <Not> the, <laughs> that wasn't meant to be the button that we're supposed to press. Okay, but yeah, um, yeah. So one year, that's that's very good. And uh, we're still waiting for the new office to be yes. readied. So uh, that's, so we will have to kind of bear us, um, bear with us essentially yeah. until we move there. Yeah. Uh, but how is your week otherwise to go? Yeah. So I think we're tag teaming. Oh, I'm, nice one. I'm, I'm sick. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've had. A really sore throat uh, for a while now. It's been just over a week, but it started on like particularly on the right hand side towards the back, and then worked its way until it enveloped the whole throat. And it, it just got painful to eat and swallow, talk. Um, so that was very unpleasant. Oh, we need you to talk, man. Hmm? We need you to talk. That's oh, something yeah, of that's, that's yeah. non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah we got to get <laughs> see, so, sorted out. <laughs> no, but but the the throat pain is mostly gone now. But the annoying thing is it's developed into a cough, and um, which tends to kick up when I'm lying down and trying to sleep. So I'm coughing all night, and I can't sleep. So um, it's just a, it's been a lovely time. But your voice is still okay, so that's good. Mostly, yeah. Well, um, as, as, as it was um, evident with the comment section in the post that you made about the podcast. Uh, so, first of all, hello, subscribers. <laughs> uh, the, the, the OGs of the Cold Fusion uh, channel has uh, been, been coming in droves, I guess, <laughs> after your post. Uh, and this is how we start our show, usually, with uh, a bit of personal story about our problems in life. <laughs> Nothing to do with tech? No, it's not. not It's not our usual. No, no, no. Um, Yeah, just a little uh, fun segment where we say what we've done this week and what we've watched, uh, any interesting news we've come across. um, That's right. Yeah, so uh, has there been any interesting things that you've come across? Uh, I can't think of anything really that that I've watched that I can can talk about. So I'll I'll probably pass it off to you with with this one. Okay. Um, Well, I've come across this channel called Mentor Pilot. Um, okay. And he's a aviation. Well, I think he began as an aviation firefighter, but then became like a full-on pilot and is practicing pilot. So, what's an aviation firefighter? As in, like when you know a plane comes down the tarmac and there's a fire. Oh wow! The, okay, the I didn't know that was a separate thing altogether. Wow, well, the pilots don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's another another set of. Um, well, actually, that's, that's what he mentioned. So, yeah, I'm not, not quite sure, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so he's he just does aircraft and investigation videos essentially but obviously because he's a pilot he goes into so much detail about how the systems on board work what kinds of checks and balances the pilot should take um you know how the training procedures go and all the just everything like as much detail as you want so i was watching a few of those and um just some of the disasters that that happened and the chain of reaction of things that went wrong um and some of them are just like yeah if, if just this one thing didn't happen then like 500 people will be alive, you know? Wow. So um, I think that, I guess the stupidest one I saw, not stupid as in like, obviously it's tragic, but just um, pilot error, I guess, yeah. was um, uh, a Kenyan Airlines flight. So essentially they were going up to cruising altitude and the pilot who uh, in his history was very arrogant and failed the tests and got through again by um, just like doing it again. But everyone said like he had a terrible attitude, but he still was flying essentially. But um, 
he thought the autopilot was on, but it wasn't. So the plane was like, no one was looking at the controls and the plane was like slowly banking and he didn't know. And then essentially um, it gave off a warning saying high bank angle. But he, instead of like tilting the plane the other way, he put it in the same way that it was going and then like essentially put the rudder to like full right, which is the direction it was going. So basically Pyle drove the plane downwards. So they couldn't, they didn't have enough time to essentially figure out what was going on because they were confused. They thought like what was going on. But um, yeah, he still just like had full rudder and plane just like crashed into the oh ground. God. So um, essentially, yeah, the, there was lapses in, in training for these individuals and um, yeah, the incident like that should have never happened. But yeah, it was, it's always just interesting to see like the, I guess the analysis of what airline, the airline industry is like. Um, there's so many checks and safety um, procedures that it's actually quite safe, but it's just these things that, you know, um, one incident leads to another and then, yeah, there's a hole in some kind of training and it just happens that particular incident just happens to slip through that hole and cause an accident. So, yeah, I thought that was uh, quite interesting. I think um, the, the core idea for the airline industries is probably just eliminating human errors as much as possible, mm. essentially. Um, but do you think we'll get to a point where there won't be pilots driving us? Uh, I think that that's a very, very long way away <clears throat> because even, um, you know, plane systems, they need data to be fed in, right? Yeah. And even autopilots today when some data isn't matching. So, so, so for example, a, a piece of equipment that causes a lot of airline disasters is called Pico tubes. Mm. So essentially what, the, what it is, it's a small tube. There's like three of them on the aircraft or depending on the aircraft. And essentially it just gives um, velocity data of the wind. So you can tell like what speed the plane's going at, etc. But sometimes they can get iced up and clogged. So the readings become, yeah, like faulty and irrelevant. So the autopilot in that case switches off because it doesn't know what it's doing essentially. And how could it? So um, I think there'll just be situations like that with different sensors or whatever, malfunctions or what have you, that you'll just need a backup person because it's just such a high-risk environment. Mm. I think it's, yeah, it's required. But do you think it will be possible at some point? I, I think it would be irresponsible if it... If really? It, yeah, I think so. I think that there'll just have to be a backup pilot just in case, you know. Mm. Um, I, I think the pilot, obviously the pilot's involvement in the far future will go down, but I think it'll just be worth having someone there who knows the systems, you know. Because it's like when you have any automated system, there's always a person who manages it yeah. um, if it's in an industry with high risk and yeah, physical objects. Right. Okay. Well, um, that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> and it sounded very, yeah. very like, sarcastic. Yeah, yeah that was uh, interesting. <laughs> no, it, it, um, my my dad uh, used to, uh, was, was in the Air Force and a lot of his um, latter work related um related to air traffic control. So I used to hear stories like this uh, every now and then about, you know, like ways how the, you know, from the ATC, which is the, the ATC tower, the, the control tower, um, how busy it could get at times as well. And essentially that always used to make me kind of a bit anxious as to that, what if you just doze off for a bit or, mm. you know, like any little, and a lot of the stories that we also hear is the, the signals coming out of the ATC or the comments coming out of the ATC was not um, done well or there was just a bit of human error there as yeah. well. So I guess you'll probably never eliminate human errors if it's 
depending on humans all the time. Mm. But yeah, I think um, as there will be elements to it that will get replaced, uh, I guess, as times go on. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. Um, but yeah, just just speaking on the control tower incident reminds me of, um, sorry, control tower part of things reminds me of an incident that happened, I think, in the 70s where there was two planes essentially taxiing, but the control tower gave a signal to say, oh, like there's a plane on the runway or something. But just at that moment, there was like a static and they didn't hear. Mm. And it was just that one little bit and they like, yeah, smashed into each other. Something happened very recently as well. I don't know if you saw, um, I don't know which airport it was. It was in the US, I'm pretty sure, probably the JFK. But um, they're very close for like in terms of a similar incident uh, where they had to, you know, get one plane to stop uh, taking off at the like last second mm. because there was another one, but yeah, stuff like that, like split yeah. second decisions, and, man. And the thing is, oh. like, when you watch all these videos, just because you're seeing all these incidents, you're like, oh, I'm scared of flying. But it's just, it's kind of like nothing. It turns out that flying is safer, safer than, than getting in a car. Getting yeah. in a car. Yeah. Um, it's true, but it's just you, just because of the bias of seeing all yeah. these incidents, you're like, man, like, <laughs> I'm not getting in one of those things again. Well, that actually is the perfect segue to the first story because it's got nothing to do with flying, but it has something to do with cars. Okay. Because do you think cars will continue to be safe or will they become safe now that TikTok will be available on cars? What? <laughs> so TikTok is coming to your cars, whether you like it or not, and they've started it with the, the, the Mercedes-Benz models. Uh, they announced a new per- partnership with them, uh, which will see TikTok content directly integrated into the super screen of the new E-Class car. Essentially, uh, the purpose of it, well, according to TikTok, is that while you're passing time um, stationary in your vehicle to simply enjoy a moment to yourself while your car is at rest, this is, you know, before heading to your destination, TikTok will be a new favorite activity when it's parked, delivering to you a stream of videos just tailored for you. Passengers passengers can also get into the fun too. The two screens on the vehicle will run independently, so both the driver and the passengers can log into their own accounts and use TikTok and I guess, collaborate and, and do stuff while they're just waiting to pick up Timmy from school. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not going to, I don't really care <laughs> to be honest. Like people can do what they want in their cars. I, I honestly think it is a stupid idea, but Hey, if people want to do that, uh, sure. I guess uh, the reason why I bring this up is less for the tech itself, but more from the angle that TikTok's trying to, trying to expand themselves on. Mm. It just feels like they'll be, they, they want to be everywhere. Uh, and and uh, if they're everywhere, they'll be hard to take down with the whole idea of banning TikTok uh, from government. I, I guess, but putting it in a car doesn't make the government. No, no, but like, that's like the first, right. I, I guess, you know, that's probably their first idea of, of expansion in a market that, really has no business of, of being. Um, it could be, I don't know, in, in fridges next. You know, you remember to the, the, the fridges. Yeah, yeah. With, with Twitter that you could tweet from the fridge. Do uh, you remember that time? So the I think some fridges had screens there right. and you could tweet straight from the thing. And then people would, like some people would, <laughs> would use it for... Um, like a grocery list by mistake. And so people were just tweeting like, oh, need milk or <laughs> right, something like right, that. Right, and it's right. just like, yeah, it's Twitter from the Samsung. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I digress. The, the point being is that there, uh, this is probably first of many different verticals that TikTok's probably exploring in terms of 
trying to have a, a strong a strong ground or foundation uh, outside of the the basic app. Yeah, I, I get that point of view, but I just I think no matter what they do, it's like there's not going to be an application or an environment that they impose themselves in that will be so, I guess, essential to society that the government isn't going to ban them anyway mm. um, if it comes to that. I think the government's th- thinking of a national security risk. and That's enough. It's backed by the Chinese government who has their fingers in every aspect of that company. So I don't think it's it's going to be enough to put it in a car or a fridge and say... How about this? What about if entire Death Row Records and Snoop Dogg albums and Tupac albums were exclusively available on TikTok? Would that be enough? Would that be enough to stop the government from banning them? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's another part of the, the story. I don't know if you've been seeing, but essentially um, Snoop Dogg released the entire catalog of the Terror Records, which he acquired, I think, okay. last year. And essentially they'll be exclusively going through TikTok's distribution and marketing service called SoundOn. And what the SoundOn platform, which TikTok owns, uh, here's the interesting part. It pays 100% royalties to music creators. Um, for the first year and then 90% after that Um, with a range of promotional tools and support as well. Um, So the artists will be able to obtain 100% for an unlimited time as they're, as they're kind of starting to uh, expand the the sound side of music side of things as well. Uh, And Snoop Dogg was one of the the big names um, that they kind of cooped up. Okay. So explain to me a little bit more of how this works. What's it called again? Sound. Sound on. Sound on. Yeah. Okay. So sound on, so they're a distribution platform. So essentially you put your music to them and then they put it on tick, well, able to be found on TikTok and that's it. No. So, so they will now allow TikTok owns it, but then they can then decide depending on the artists and stuff, if they're going to put it on Spotify, Apple. Okay. So TikTok holds the exclusive rights to that catalog of music. Interesting. So if they ever decide that, you know what, we don't want to post it on Spotify, they can choose to do it. Obviously there's going to be some nuances with the artists and stuff like yeah. that, but not even TikTok, like they own sound on, right. which is going right. to have that. But then because TikTok owns sound on, what that also allows is for this entire catalog to be used on TikTok, um, which also tells me how much people use music in the cars. And uh, there could be some time there as well, yeah, but like exclusively. Can, can in, you stream from TikTok? No, uh, not the just audio. app or not, not, not in a usual like Spotify way. Right. But I am guessing there is, there could be some sort of angle in the future where they're just, you know, again, having their finger, yeah. fingers uh, in the music industry. Uh, yeah. And, and I think, that, yeah, TikTok and the music industry is a great synergy. I think that they have a huge sway there. Like people can blow up overnight, get millions of plays um, on just from being discovered on TikTok, but it obviously... Yeah, and, and it's not just that either. I don't know if you've been... If, I mean, these things happen so frequently as well. Like there was this auto shop, I don't know if you saw this week. Basically, it's, um, they made like this really stupid TikTok video, like, uh, that was very native. Only people who use TikTok would get it kind of those memes kind of videos. And it blew up. It got like, I don't know, 10, 15 million views. Um, and essentially people were just 
so happy to start checking out the the small auto shop in random nowhere in the right. US and their Google reviews were just blowing up people saying yeah go use it go use right, it right, right. so much so that Google actually had to you know come in and check for like negative like not negative but fake reviews right. um and yeah like and now they've got like an insane amount of following there's people like you know like they've they've become like a cult kind right. of the, meme thing the thing is what i it's good for the shop, obviously. Yeah. Plenty of revenue, etc. And obviously, I think it will have a lasting impact. But how long is that core audience really there? Like in five years, are people still? No, I mean th- this one was a bit different because this is not really a creator creator scenario. Yeah, it's this a, it's is a, more it's of a, a small business. Yeah, which it, which it will be great for them. But I'm I'm th- thinking about like other incidents of people who blow up and want to capitalize on that. But how long does it kind of really last? Is for like, for like gen- musicians, for example? Yeah, it's more of a general question. Um, because I've heard that some TikTok musicians, they go and do a live concert and then people only know that 30 seconds of the song and then afterwards it's silence because no one's Yeah, singing. I think it just, again, really depends on how the artists also kind of strategize their moves as well. Mm. Um, there was this artist, uh, again, you know, you don't, you don't use much of TikTok, um, but uh, essentially there's a main feed where videos just kind of get fed to you. And I would get this one guy who would remix this like this really uh, popular Kendrick Lamar song that um, I like, and it was essentially building up on the beat that that it, he had. And I really liked listening to that stuff. And he's like, oh, "I'm gonna release this version um, that's just mine. It was built on top of, of the, that Kendrick Lamar song." And he teased the hell out of it. Like he would be, you know, making every other TikTok about that and and it got annoying to a point where like, come on, man, just release it already. But he was like milking every second out of it. Right. To the point where I think people just got tired of it. It's like, okay, we know you got a a viral moment, but now you're just, the entire thing is your personality now. So I think also how you kind of, and, and now when he actually did release it, I don't think, a lot of people kind of forgot about it. It wasn't just the same kind of hype value mm-hmm. and so forth. So I think it also depends how the artist kind of works with the fame that they get. And you're right, because some of them would be very, very minimal. But it also depends on the artists and uh, the bands or any, any creator who use that virality to to extend that, that level. Mm. But I guess, yeah, maybe it's harder to do that on such a short platform with so much competition versus yeah. something else. Cause I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but on TikTok it seems like things are big, but they burn out faster. Cause it's yeah. just so like, everything's like 30 seconds a minute and there's so much of it. So kind of like everyone forgets about what you know, just happened. Yeah, the, the, and, and I think TikTok's also trying to go into the longer video side of things as well. They're incentivizing a whole new fund for videos longer than a minute now. Mm-hmm. So again, that also changes some some level of tactics whilst youtube just announced that they're allowing a duet of shorts so everyone's kind of copying everyone right. again uh but you're right i think with tiktok they just merge and become TikTube. <laughs> you talk you talk you talk <laughs> um and and essentially um that that's where things are heading like um everything just uh Everyone's just trying to copy everyone, but with, to your original point of things kind of burning out fast. Yeah, but uh, I think it still brings a lot of traction to mm. the original Yeah, don't get me wrong. Also. It's not a bad thing to have, um, having a viral moment. But I, I just think 
the virality on different platforms are different. I actually had a, had a question that I always want to ask you because you know, you're, a, you're a musician, but you know when you make a, a song uh, and it's out there, you as a creator of that piece, you have it imagined in certain ways in your head, right? That, oh, it's, um, it's a nice kind of mellow song and stuff. Imagine you're kind of on TikTok one day and somebody speeds it up times 10, you use it to dance on it or use it to explain something that you're not particularly fond of right. or basically it gets hijacked by the general society or, or culture uh, driven memes that, that are so prevalent on these platforms, right? How would you feel about that as, as a creator? Would you feel that, oh, it's great that it, has some purpose outside of what was intended to be mm. or would you just be so pissed that you just kind of be like I'm, I'm, I, want to nah, take I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be pissed like I'll be happy that people like it for some reason but I guess with half from the song I most recently made but with most of my stuff it's not funny or like yeah. you know that that kind of thing so if it was used to like show fail compilations of people falling over and stuff. I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. But I wouldn't be <laughs> mad, you know. So. Right. But, but, but if it's being used other than its intended purpose, would that kind of bother you at all? Uh, like as in if people modify the song or like as in, as you said, speed it up or something. Yeah, speed it up, cut yeah. it up, chop it out. And it becomes, I don't know, like for example, the whole the, during the rise of Andy Tate, right? He had this song that was attached to him. Um, like, yeah, it's like this, I don't know, was it a Romanian song or? Yeah, it's it's like, a, it's this very specific song in a European language. Okay. Um, but obviously the person who made that song never intended for it to be attached to Andrew Tate, Tate yeah. specifically, or, you know, it could be a, well, a different okay, scenario okay, yeah, as okay, well. Okay, but I, I guess like if it's, if it's used for a whole bunch of different reasons, I don't mind. But if it's something like that, where it's a particular person where that song gets known for and that person is negative or whatever they're talking about is negative, then I would mind. Or something that you don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, then then I would mind. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, and then TikTok does a lot of that. And I think that's something I think about quite often because a lot of the songs that do get popular sometimes often just happen by accident. Obviously, there's a whole segment of it. That Brayden's just vibing to the <laughs> to the Andrew Tate song, right. uh, but a lot of the times it just feels like uh, most of this is just by accident, it just mm. without any reason, just blows up. Or so I don't know. Just thought something. Yeah. Okay. Um, last story on the TikTok side of things. So just this week, um, they announced that they will be setting a 60-minute daily screen time for users under the age of 18. Uh, it was all. It was already an opt in so opt-in version but now it'll become an opt-out default um and essentially what it'll do is is they'll have to link to a parent who'll be able to control or a guardian who'll be able to control um their their time on the app um and after 60 minutes i think a passcode would pop up which only the guardian would be mm -hmm. able to to control um it's also interesting because their parents are probably spending way more time on the app itself because new research has come out that says that U.S. adult users will spend an average of nearly 56 minutes per day on TikTok, um, which is six minutes less time spent watching Netflix. So it's very much closing in on right. average Netflix so watch adult time. adult age range? Um, it said... 
between 24 to 50 something. Okay. Uh, but then it also says that TikTok uses ages aged 18 to 24 are watching the equivalent of a full length comedy mo- movie on the app every day anyway. So okay. I think the younger adults definitely watch more than that. Right. Cause I was going to say, um, you know, the old adage when, when the boomers start using it, then it's uncool. Yes. <laughs> so, so it's like, if it's, if it's like, yeah, 45 to 60. Yeah. On that note, for example, like the meme that the small business used, uh-huh. um, a lot of the bigger companies, corporates, like, I don't know, HP or uh-huh. I don't know, uh, some of those big names, if they start using those kind of stuff, the first comments are usually like, as soon as a corporate uses it, it's so no longer funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's we, we don't want to see you do that. Yeah. Only small business, which is so interesting, like yeah. how it works. Like the Because I, I think I think it's just people don't view it as genuine if it comes from a big corporation because yeah. there's so many minds and so many focus groups and everything that it usually has to go through to come out. So it's like, this is manufactured. I, I don't like it. But whereas a small business... It's you think that it's just created by a p- bunch of people having fun or something. Mm. That's that's what I assume is going on. Um, but let's just go back to cars and and tech for a second. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about the Volkswagen incident with, uh, with the little child. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to? Yeah. It? So essentially, um, somewhere in the United States, I'm not sure, maybe Florida. <laughs> um, there was a. Um, a pregnant lady that had her child in the car, she went into her house or something. And then essentially this other car pulled up and stole her Volkswagen, which was the car that the child was in. And the lady in a panic tried to contact the police and, um, she could run over. Yeah. 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 Um, tried to contact the police and then the police tried to contact Volkswagen, uh, to track down the car using some GPS system they had in it. And uh, Volkswagen came back to law enforcement and said, we cannot do this because it's not a premium feature. So It's, it's not a premium feature that was paid for. Yeah, so they haven't paid for it yet. So um, I kind of feel like it's dystopian on two levels. One that on either side, very, very either side. One that a car company, like when there's this crisis where a child's life is in danger um, isn't going to help because the customer hasn't paid for, for something, which obviously seems quite immoral. And on the other hand, um, you know, the, the conspiracy theories about how the uh, police can track your car or whatever um, kind of proves, well, I guess it, I guess it's not dystopian in this view because it kind of proves that that can't happen if you haven't paid for the <laughs> premium feature. Anyway. They're not going to you. They just can't do yeah. it. Um, yeah, so I thought that was, that was quite interesting. It kind of shows that like... Uh, the the hard limits of capitalist uh, companies, like what what can they do to bend their rules to like you know not make a buck? And it's it's a child being stolen isn't enough. Yeah, because there's also the whole incident with the Apple backdoor of the so iPhone um, yeah. backdoor situation yeah. as well, where they wouldn't let um, was it FBI or CIA? Yeah, I think it was enough FBI. information yeah. uh, on a, on a, on a person of interest, right? So. Uh, in in this case, it's it's kind of similar where I think they have certain policies, and I think they mentioned there was a third party uh, payment s- situation where Volkswagen, you know, um, has that third party. There's a protocol that didn't meet, which is why they can't give the information or something of that sort. Which again, to me, feels like there are ways through which you can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good news is uh, the child's safe. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just for those who didn't know the, yeah, the full yeah. story and were still anxious <laughs> about the end, where, where it ended, the child's safe. Uh, and I think they're still looking for the person. Yeah. At least last uh, I checked on the story anyway. But it, it does... I mean, I mean, uh, uh, the these companies have policies. Um, 
And I think within those policies, they need to start integrating these situations where they will be required to relax a little bit. Yeah, I, I just feel like, I don't know, this is just a, a, a wild thought, but I just feel like that kind of stuff is getting, everything's so like litigi- litigious and by the book that there's no common sense anymore. Like obviously if there's a child in danger in law enforcement, it's like, hey, like we need this situation fixed up. Like you'd be like, sure. Like, Do you think it was a PR thing where they would rather, because there's, there's two PR angles for them, right? So if I'm the Volkswagen PR guy, and say they could get that information for the for the law enforcement. There's two PR stories here. One is okay. I give that information, uh, and this is again uh, we're, we're hypothesizing here um, in the sense that we're assuming that they have the information and they can give it to law enf- enforcement people. They say that yep, I give it to you. Then the PR story becomes oh, Volkswagen is okay. a human company is uh, they're caring for, uh, you know, the the society um, saves a child's life, right? Child's life. Then the other side of this PR, negative PR, is that, oh, that means all the theories about anybody can track you anywhere, that these companies have access to it all the time. So it's it's like, yeah, police. The whole privacy law. That's that's definitely true. It's like um, if Volkswagen did relent and say to the police officers, yeah, okay, sure, this is an emergency situation. Sure, let's um, grant you the information, then it kind of goes to say like- The whole slippery slope. Yeah, it's like what what, what could happen next? It's like uh, law enforcement accuses you of doing something, so they'll track your car, et cetera. And um, because Volkswagen has done it before, like that's quite normal. And I I understand that, but- um, And now that they haven't given it, which is the the other scenario, the PR in this case is still negative. But the reason that they didn't give it was because they didn't pay. (laughs) So that's the thing, they would have given it (laughs) (laughs) because the customer didn't pay. So so I think that's, yeah. Um, But it also reminds me of of a thing that happens with Nest cameras quite often. Mm -hmm. So what happens is if your subscription expires, uh, the Nest company can't actually give you your footage. So if you had a break-in or something, then... Hard luck. Hard luck yeah, yeah, you can't get your footage if you didn't pay your subscription. So, so. is it like an um, automated mechanical situation where they just don't have that information? Yeah, I think it's automatically, or for the Nest situation, I think it's least. automatically deleted. So yeah, it makes it makes sense, yeah. but, it, but it's kind of like, yeah. On that note, I have a story to add. Just this week, actually, Ford came out came up with saying that they're, um, they're going to introduce some mechanisms just like the Nest uh, uh, cameras where their uh, vehicles will start, um, I guess, will stop certain aspects of the, of the car uh, if you start failing to meet payments. So <laughs> it, it'll start doing <laughs> the small things. Just- <laughs> <laughs> so it'll, it'll start off with the, uh, like we can't pull down windows. Um, then it'll go into uh, air conditions. It'll go into uh, all the way, I don't know, like maybe something will come out of the of the boot and just start <laughs> with baseball bat and be like, yep, it's time to pay up, man. Like that's the final uh, thing. But essentially, yeah, that's what Ford's uh, planning to just- do as well. If you start to film, to meet payments. Yeah, like obviously companies are, are looking after their bottom line with delinquent payments and stuff, but it just, yeah, it just all feels very technocratic, you know? Yeah. It's like you, I guess you paid for this thing, but you can't get to, to use it. But I guess if, you, if you're not paying, you're not paying. But, um, okay, this is a random story on car payments, but I saw this Twitter post. I think it's real, but essentially um, there was this man that uh, gave his wife a present of a 1993 Ford something for 
focus or something. Mm. Um, and the, the repayments were $280 something per um, month for 56 months. So it ended up being like 20, 20 something grand mm-hmm. for this old bomb of a car. But it's just because they didn't have financial liter- literacy to understand that, you know, yeah, you're going to be paying this. Oh. And that's just the principle that's, that's yeah. not interest or anything. So, um, yeah, I, I think just getting into payment schemes, you've you got to know what you're doing. And with Ford locking locking down parts of the car, you better be <laughs> sure that you can make them. Like imagine if they just turn off the brakes. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the thing. Oh, and the, uh, one other thing was also that it could also drive away, apparently. So... That's right. So imagine you're in the car and <laughs> you're like, oh, this isn't, you know, where I wanted to go. I really wanted to uh, drive through coffee. And then now I'm in the why, scrapyard. Why, yes, like why am I at a scrapyard? Yeah, man. It's um, insane. Yeah, but, and yeah. the Mercedes comes out, if you don't pay up, we we'll, won't give you access to TikTok. <laughs> but what do, what do you think about this, this whole, I guess, um, technocratic rule of law <laughs> in terms of like using force in a technological way. Cause stuff like the Nest cameras, for example, they could have allowed you to store your footage locally, mm. but no, it's all going to be in the cloud. So they have control of that. If you don't pay, you can't get your footage. So what do you think of this kind of stuff? I think the, the Nest one makes sense. No, but you could like, they could have allowed you to store it locally, but it's just. Well, well the thing is uh, there, there has to be some policies where if you are not paying, like, there has to be something that, um, gets you to pay up essentially, mm. and I think there there are people who, if they're still getting the use of the product, they'd still kind of be like, you know what, I'll pay later, I'll pay later, I'll pay later. Mm. Um, and essentially, what happens is, you know, the whole debt collector scene where a lot of people uh, they have to kind of pass if they don't pay at all after I don't know three, six, twelve months, they'll pass it off to a debt collector. It becomes like a whole. It, you know, different ball game, right? Mm-hmm. So for companies, they think that, okay, if I just stop access to the product itself, it's easier, quicker, cheaper mm-hmm. for us to be able to get that money back yeah. rather than that whole route of, yeah. no. so they're protecting themselves essentially. No, that, and that, that makes sense. But I guess like- Should we do it or not is the question. No, but the, there's other, there's like, there could be like a middle ground where, because these people are still paying, they've paid for the physical cameras, et cetera, yeah. right? But um, maybe you can't use the Nest app or something. But the the critical function of being able to view your footage after a robbery, um, I think that could could might be able to let that slide. But that's I don't know. Maybe I'm just too kind. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I feel maybe the first time around, like there has to, that you could potentially introduce like a like a level of of that. Okay, the 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 first week this gets stopped the second week that gets stopped and the third like if you don't pay it the first time you won't get access to this maybe 80 percent of the time it'll work 20 percent won't i don't know and on the 20 percent, somebody just comes in and robs you what nest employees know when it's not working so hey i mean they have the information so um but just i'm just imagining nest employees with the with those striped robber dress um but yeah i think uh I know it sounds rough and rude, but uh, I mean, how else would you get people to pay up for a product that they got into a, a deal with? I guess, yeah, you signed the contract. You signed the contract, yeah. uh, but you're right. I think as individuals as well, um, you need to be able to know what you're getting into. And of course, for companies to not be that, because sometimes they prey on these mm. lack of um, 
understanding of of a certain person mm-hmm. and they'll just be like yeah that that's the person we need yeah to go like for. that car that's that car yeah, situation yeah. right that's the, like anybody who's who's selling it to them knew mm-hmm. what was going to happen eventually right so mm-hmm. just explaining that in detail that maybe it's not the best best option but yeah yeah well well let's see what you guys think in the comments for sure um have you been paying attention to the meta verification situation um zuckerberg wants people to cough up right um, for both Instagram and Facebook to get a blue tick essentially mm-hmm. or get verified um, which means that anybody uh, who wants to be uh, like uh, get, get a verified badge essentially it used to be just public figures in the past now anybody can uh, apply for it and if you're eligible within this like certain criteria uh, you get accepted and then you pay like a monthly if you just like Twitter Twitter blue yeah um, everything is a subscription now yeah and then you get access to certain things so for example you get like a customer service rep uh, or like a, like a chat option <laughs> I actually saw um Zuckerberg's post on this on Facebook and then some people were like, he actually replied to a couple of comments, yeah. but then he kept getting roasted. So I think he stopped. <laughs> but yeah, people were like, uh, yeah, this customer service thing should have been there from the beginning. Um, but it, it's hard. There's like it's, billion, it's billions of people. So. And then, I feel it should have been the case from the start to some degree in terms of getting your government ID to be able to use some of these social apps because that's what you need to get verified, right? But, in 2005, no one was thinking that the internet was going to be a place where... Everyone's going to be there. Yeah, the way that like it was just the Wild it. West. It was coming off the back of MySpace. Yeah, be, and because they're, they're essentially taking a leaf of the Twitter blue situation where you don't need a government ID, I think, to get uh, verified. Um, but you can't... You just think you just need to have a working bank account, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which, again, means that the whole idea of trolls and scams that was the main purpose of Twitter blue... It's still there because mm. the whole parody thing yeah. kind of kicked off essentially um, as soon as it was, it was introduced. And right now there's around what, I think the last I saw was 300,000 people who are paying for that, which isn't a lot if you think about it. But mm. then what, it's $8 a month. So that translates to what, 2.4 million a month? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the worst, not the worst. <laughs> but I guess in terms of, Meta's um, situation, they're they're kind of t- trying to see that, okay, like Twitter Blue's somewhat successful in terms of bringing in that extra revenue. Um, and then they just decided to to go with it with some added features, like you mentioned, like the, the whole customer service uh, thing, which actually Facebook was notoriously bad with. Like if you're, you know, a business, um, if you're a digital agency, a lot of the Facebook ads used to be... Um, built around like a lot of business were built around Facebook ads um, at one time. Uh, now that's going to decrease, especially after the whole Apple situation in 2021, where they introduced the whole opt out of, of tracking. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. If somebody, because the people who will end up using the service are probably going to be individuals like creators and small businesses and things of the sort. Um, and the news is I actually have done it. How'd it go? It was a very simple process. It took me like 30 seconds. <laughs> All I had to do was just take a picture of a government ID, send it to them, meet the criteria, got verified. Nice. So the reason why I had to do that is because they've only introduced in Australia so far in New Zealand. Yeah, which is a weird place to start. I think start. it's just a, the, the rollout process. Yeah, just the smallest... Um, 
forgotten nations. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, which makes sense again because you know the US there'd be like so many very fat people and people would just be willing to pay a lot more there. I don't know, um, but it was like what twenty four ninety nine a month, which is a hefty amount, and I don't yeah. think everyone's gonna pay that. Yeah. So again, I'm I'm thinking they're only tuning this towards creators or like serious creators anyway, people who are going to be small businesses and, and things of that sort. So. Um, yeah, I feel that amount um, is not cheap mm. at all. More expensive than most subscriptions yeah. you get but, for. But, yeah. can, but can we just pause for a second here and go back two years, two or three years? Would we have ever thought that Facebook would start charging for parts of their service? Would you have thought that? No, because the whole old saying was that oh, you're, if the you product, are, you're the yeah. product. If it's, if it's free, free, you're yeah. the product. But now it's not like you're not the product. It's like... It's not free, and you're still the product because yeah, they're yeah, still gonna get my data. Worst of both worlds. I'm still gonna get the yeah. ads, for example, that's on Instagram and Facebook. It's mm-hmm. it's not a YouTube Premium situation where you pay for YouTube Premium and you get no ads. You're still mm-hmm. gonna get fed ads. So yeah. it's think, just more money. Yeah, definitely. But I think you know Meta's stock has dropped what 70 percent, yeah. and Mark Zuckerberg's bet on the metaverse is not not working out. It's actually quite. Quite we need to revisit touch and that. go. We need to revisit that at yeah. some point, like in detail. Yeah, but um, yeah, essentially like top executives are leaving and even the people within um, the meta, um, their, their meta labs or whatever are saying this isn't working out. And I think Zuck or one of the upper management put out a bulletin saying um, you have to learn to love this product if you're going to make it good. So it's like yeah, they're forcing their own people to use it. Um, and yeah, like the, the user base is so low and they've poured billions of dollars into this thing plus rising interest rates and in um, you know, the economic environment is no longer the same. I think this is a way of just recouping some of those losses um, to appease some shareholders, yeah. you know. Um, because I think I think their last quarterly earnings wasn't too bad, but I think going on from here out, it's going to get harder. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a sign of the times, man. Like, like the meta actually charging for their products is something that I never would have thought I'd see. Yeah, and uh, but the thing is, again, I'm thinking who's really really going to use it, right? Um, As in the, the metaverse or the charge? The no, the the, 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 the verification, the paid yeah. verification subscription thing, right? And 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 with Twitter Blue, eight dollars seemed like a more accessible. Most people would kind of do it. Um, for Meta, I'm I'm just thinking. Who? No, but if you're a business owner, I guess yeah. like it's kind of like you want your business to stand out that little bit more, and you're making enough revenue that this isn't you know as a business cost, it's not breaking the bank. Yeah, and if if you're like a a creator that wants to be recognized, I'd, I'd say. And also if you, you have the revenue stream as well, then yeah. But yeah, it's not a huge market. It's not like every average Joe is going to yeah. want to do this. I think and I think, it, again, as a creator, there are some good benefits. Like, for example, having uh, somebody you can talk to within Facebook. There's so many cases of scams and... Uh, like, would you pay for that service on YouTube, for example, to create? So if you got, I don't know, like a, like a rap, you'd... I don't have other ways where it will boost your reach. We have, oh, not boosting reach, but in terms of a rep, we, we have that already. Okay. As in like, um, yeah, YouTube. I actually don't know how that came about, but yeah, so I've had a YouTube rep before. Right. Um, it weren't that useful, but it, it was yeah. good to have someone, you know. Somebody just, you can talk to. Yeah, just have have calls and stuff. But um, yeah, so that kind of exists. I'm not sure how YouTube does it or goes yeah. about it, um, but yeah, I wouldn't pay for it, no. Really? No. 
Okay, so but the, the boosting reach stuff, which is cheating, <laughs> shouldn't be able to do that. Um, yeah, I'm sure anyone would pay for that, but because um, that's one of the things that come with uh, the thing um, in in the meta. Yeah, really, the, and they're open about it. Say like, like it'll increase your reach, not necessarily, and then, and then that's why I want to test it out and see. Okay, like how much? Interesting. So they got these dials that they could just, you know. No, I think with verified verified profiles you could already see that they had an upper hand so for example if you're reading through comments they're like anybody who's verified right. that would be that right. theirs would be on the top right um you could speak to other verified people as well so for example if somebody's you know an important person or if they've got a verified tag and you need to reach out to them and you're verified as well your inbox message would be much higher up than right. other people right. so those things are things what they mean so those right. already existed yeah you just pay for it you can pay pay for it now that's all interesting yeah okay on i guess still sticking on the whole social media side of things have you seen the the blue sky from jack dorsey no oh okay i think i must have missed a lot this yeah well um it's a new decentralized project that originated within twitter um and it's basically now available on the apple app store as an invite only social network so essentially it's it's Twitter on a decentralized platform, if that makes sense. Um, and it's it was backed by Jack Dorsey, um, who's, by the way, the co-founder and, and uh, former CEO of Twitter. And uh, he's been working on, on this app by its open source social protocol for months. And he called it the ATP, which is the Authenticated Transfer Protocol. Um, and it just launched this week to invite only. They've been testing the beta since last October. Um, and it looks a lot like Twitter. Like and it makes sense because a lot of the people who use Twitter or who built Twitter and left Twitter have been working on this project, so very similar to that kind of stuff. Um, Blue Sky, I really don't understand the crux of the whole decentralized aspect of it. Um, I have to kind of study a bit more. I'm not cool enough to get invited yet. Maybe my verified badge on Instagram would. I can just send a message to Jack Dorsey now. But um, things like that would would be interesting to see like what their their game plan is because yeah. it seems like a lot of these small kind of niche social media things are just kind of popping up here and there like the, the artifact and blue sky and obviously mm. be real was mm. they're still around by the mm. way uh, it's interesting they to haven't see. collapsed yet okay. yeah <laughs> um so maybe like uh, we might have to kind of go back um you still using be real Britain? good oh. still the same okay yeah there you go i think i might have to kind of get into it at some point right um, yeah, but uh, I need to know about this uh, Blue Sky thing, uh, how it's actually decentralized. Um, because is it the data in terms of like if you upload a tweet or whatever, it's like, you know, on a central, I mean, uh, I decentralized so. server. Or is it the management is decentralized? So there's no censorship? I don't know. I, like I, I need to look into it. But depending on that, yeah, it could be potentially interesting, but an increasingly crowded space. Mm. So, um yeah, it's got to have some things that it can't just be Twitter but decentralized. It has to be some kind of selling point that's unique that would get people to actually switch over. I mean, that's a word that I haven't heard since 2022 decentralized. Yeah, crypto winter, huh? I mean, it's, it feels like usually by now there's usually a comeback, but this time it just feels like the whole crypto <laughs> side of things just been. Um, yeah, you, you say that, but I, st- I still think. Um, the fact that it hasn't fallen below 20,000 tells me something. Oh, this is Bitcoin specifically. Yeah, but, but Bitcoin's like 
90% of what crypto mm. does. So, um, yeah, that, that tells me something that uh, it's not a complete panic. It's, it's probably like quite hard resistance now because it's been there for so long in terms of, in terms of stock price, I mean, in terms of market price. But um, yeah, I, I don't see, apart from the FTX thing that happened, which I think at that time I said it's not a reflection of crypto. Yes, you can get scammers and everything, but it's like people that use money to fraud pe- defraud people. It's not so much the the vehicle, but what they're doing essentially. So I think crypto is still fine um, uh, in terms of what ends up being the dominant one. I don't know, but I don't think it's time to throw the baby out with the bathwater just mm. yet. Um, it could go to zero, but it, the fact that it's held in for this long is telling me something. Right. Well, I guess um, one last thing to wrap up the social media side of things today is that follow us on Instagram. We are on Instagram now through the web podcast. Look up, no verified badges yet, <laughs> but essentially um, we will be posting a lot of the short reels, maybe even engaging with a few of you via stories, um, getting more uh, I don't know, comments and questions from you from, from there. So yeah, do check us out through the web podcast on Instagram. Um, finally, before we wrap up today's episode, um, which is entirely social media, now that I think of it, yeah. except a bit of cars here and there, a few, a few cars, a, few cars, a bit of Ford, aircraft, aircraft a bit of Nest. And, um, Nokia's new logo. Yeah, I saw it. Um, I think it's all right. I, I don't actually hate it. Yeah, it got a lot of hate. You know, every new hate. logo gets true. There's true. no, there's not been a new logo where people have been like, "That's great." I actually had an answer to that statement. Uh, there was one logo that a lot of people didn't hate. Can't remember what it what it was, but I, I remember I remember trying to keep it in my head that oh, next time somebody says that I'll, I'll bring it up. But I've miserably the failed. Industry? Do you know what industry it was? I think it was the fashion industry. Uh. I think it might have been Burberry, or was it no? Nah. Or Burberry was used as an example of what not to do. And anyway, okay. I digress. I'll come back to you on that one. But yeah, um, a lot of people hated it from my kind of in my circles. How about yours? Did you? I haven't talked to anyone about it. Okay. Um, but from what I saw online, um, yeah, but probably 70% didn't like it. 30% yeah. thought it was all right. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's a disaster. I think it's um, fairly simple and kind of clever with the way they've removed some of the letters. Um, and it makes sense knowing the previous logo. But yeah, uh, I guess it's just maybe them trying to solidify their brand image as not that old phone company that everyone knew. That, that's gone. Mo- Nokia Mobile is... Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, so yeah, I guess that the whole uh, network security and network telecommunications kind of stuff. Maybe they're just trying to say hey, this is the new us. Let's go. So no cell phones expected, you reckon? Well, HMD Global they bought out Nokia from um, its demise, and they were going to resurrect it, but that didn't even work out. So what was that? HMD Global. Yeah, like I think when, it was when? like a European company. Um, like not, when? Did oh, they, when? Yeah. Uh, this would have been 2017, 2018. Okay, so fairly old. Yeah, so, and yeah, I think latest news, it's not really working out. So, um, yeah, not, I think Nokia's just, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Do you think it's going to make a comeback with foldables? <laughs> that could be like a good angle. Like to come out, just do foldables really well. Partner up with Microsoft, get chat GPT in it. <laughs> oh yeah. Like imagine that, like a Nokia phone, Microsoft, oh, not Microsoft software though. Microsoft nah. makes the, yeah, who, who would do what? Like, cause they can't both make the software. So 
It just use Android, but I mean, sorry, they both can't make the hardware. So it'll be Android, mm-hmm. Nokia branding, Microsoft sponsored with Microsoft AI in there. What do you think? Foldables. Yeah. I'm uh, not that keen. I mean, I'm trying to imagine what it would look like. and Yeah, just imagine like the Galaxy Note, but slimmer. Sorry, Galaxy Fold, yeah. but slimmer. Then I have to like move everything to to Outlook. That that's a big no for me. Yeah, Microsoft is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you got access to Bing. Let's just. Go oh on. yes, I uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did as well. Right. And how much of it have you been using it? Um, for some things, yeah, but I find that it's like, I think they've really gimped it out. Like every time I try and um, probe it a little bit, it's like, sorry, cannot continue. They've this really put the safeguards yeah, around it yeah. now. It's just it's just shut down um, after all that chaos, but it makes sense, I guess. And um, yeah, for context surges and stuff, I've used it. Um, so, for example, there was this Japanese plane crash that I saw um, on that mental pilot channel, and I was like, "How did the there was four survivors? Like, it literally freaking flipped over and crashed upside down into a mountain, exploded into flames, wow. and four people survived. So I was like, "How did they survive?" And then they told me the name. It told being told me the names and whatever, and then. Um, yeah, that just told me more information about uh, what they ended up doing and um, how they were all, they're all females randomly. Um, and also like, yeah, one of them became a uh, artist in the United States and New York. Another one became a counselor for uh, crash victims and whatever. So yeah, it was, it was a lot faster than going through Google and whatever. And um, I found that quite useful. And uh, also researching some stuff on that PRP therapy as well. That was useful. Yeah. So the, there are some things I used it for, but it seems more limited than I uh, would have liked. Like even compared to like chat GPT in yes, some ways. I was going to say yeah. like, like I f- feel like I've been using chat GPT a lot more than mm-hmm. Bing. Um, and I feel chat GPT's functionalities and the way I want to do yeah. things. I, th- way I think more what's happened is, is Microsoft is just saw the, like they, they let it loose a little bit. Chaos yeah. came out and they're just like ground yeah. level, just cut everything and then start, probably ramping it up again. I think that's what's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. And then, I don't know, it's probably a good time for Google to start. Uh, Apparently, um, not Lambda, um, Bard. Bard isn't great, like according to insiders. Isn't? Yeah. Is It's not that great. I so. mean, makes sense. This is kind of quick rush. No, no. Um, well, Lambda has been around for quite a while, but Bard, I guess, yeah, that's that was quite rushed. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Like, obviously, these are early days of the AI wars, and um, this is just the the toddlers yeah. stepping out of their prams. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be a long while. Um, yeah, and I think that uh, pretty much wraps up today's episode. Um, if I was uh, half asleep, <laughs> forgive me. You know why. So I <laughs> hope you enjoyed that, and uh, we'll see you again soon for the next episode. Cheers.